0: Hello, my name is Janice B. Gordon. This is Scale Your Sales Podcast. Welcome to the Scale Your Sales Podcast, listed number nine of 42 best podcasts for every sales professional in 2021. I am Janice B. Gordon, the customer growth expert, recommended by LinkedIn as one of 15 innovative sales influencers to follow in 2021. In this week's episode of Scale Your Sales Podcast, my guest talks about her new revised or combined company um, that approaches revenue optimization. Not from the technology point of view, but very much from building the foundations of the people point of view. We talked about the transformation that's necessary when you combine the revenue operations and what's often focused on is the technology behind it. But what they focus on is the people, which is the real transformation. So this is leveraging better communication and equipping the sales uh, and service, marketing sales and service, uh, not only around the messaging, but to shorten the sales cycle and retain excellent customer relationships. What we started the conversation off on is... Many of the hobbies and how that can not only become a give you a great attitude to life and the way you approach your clients and work, but also help you to continue to grow. One of the things we talked about was a machete, but you 're going to have to wait until the end to find out more about that conversation. We had so much fun. My next guest brings her sharp focus of identifying opportunities and coaching players to improve all facets of revenue growth. Her signature source is humor, making training sessions fun and memorable. She is a change agent constantly questioning the status quo and helping organizations stretch beyond their comfort zone to reach excellence. Welcome to Scale Yourselves podcast, Sean Carroll,
1: Sandy. Thanks, Janice. Thanks for having me. I'm excited to be here.
0: I'm so excited to get into talking to you. Everyone has got to follow this woman. She is absolutely hilarious. I love her. I've already told her I'm moving her, moving into <laughs> her house. I want to be with her. She's just an inspiration. So I'm, I'm really, really happy to, to get you on the, the podcast. Give us a bit of a lift.
1: OK, <laughs> oh, OK, well, let's see um, how a lift. Um, how does that translate into uh, like a, a moment or a quote or something to pump up your audience? Whatever you you're feeling. OK, this is my one of my biggest life mantras. It's your status quo is temporary and it's only defined by the limitations that you accept for yourself. So they're just imaginary lines. You can reset anything you think about yourself at any time. You can reinvent yourself. For me, it usually involves doing scary things like jumping off something or um, climbing up or climbing down something. And when I, especially physical things, when I do that, I reset what I thought was possible. And so you (laughs) grow. So you don't have to be limited. Do do you, um,
0: you, if your first thought is, I can't do that. Is that the thing you're going to do next?
1: Yeah, it is. is. I've actually made um, and it really started when I started my consulting business. And because, you know, like I would think, oh, my God, I can't put that number on a contract. Oh, my God. And I started um, thinking when I feel uncomfortable, it means I have a choice. Your choice is you can either stay comfortable or you can make a new choice. So I started living by, you know, knowing that if I feel like I'm going to throw up or die, that means I'm in a growing spot. So I keep pushing myself to do things that make me uncomfortable and get me out of, you know, the, the comfort zone, the status quo so that, um, I just, I don't have to accept any limitations. If I want to do something, I can go do it. And it's just kind of a belief that there isn't much I can't do if I want to. And, you know, like, that's that's how I have grown over the past ten twenty years is just really pushing myself. um There are things I don't want to do like, I don't want to run a marathon, but i want I'm gonna go paragliding in Ecuador in January, so you know it's all relative, it's all what you want to do
0: <laughs> yeah 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 there's there's a there's a difference between doing things that um scare you and and doing things that you don't think you can do, isn't that?
1: yeah, you yeah. don't want to do, I really I don't, don't want to, want to run. <laughs> Don't let me run. <laughs> you're excusing me. <laughs>
0: don't
1: Unless there's a lion behind me or something. <laughs> then I'm happy to do yeah. twenty six. <laughs> yeah. And then I'm gonna push the next person down and keep going. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> All right, I'm not moving in. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I change things.
0: <laughs> yeah. is, is this your approach to life or how you approach hobbies and you know how that impacts All your that. clients? What tell me more about that.
1: It, it really is. It's all of it. It's um, it's my approach to being, you know, uh, to go to business. It's my approach to living my life. It's my approach to raising kids. It's my approach to, and it has made me such a better coach and um, both for, you know, the sales sales salespeople, business owners, the people I coach, but also for the kids I've coached over the years. It's actually one of the places I really got concerned about it, coaching my daughter's volleyball team is when you know, little girls would or even when I was a Girl Scout troop leader, when they'd say, oh, I can't do that. I'm like, you have new drone. How do you know? How do you know? So, you know, there's always a little bit of, you know, how do I get this person to see that they are capable of more? Um, and I, I think kind of that's my that's my purpose on this planet is to help people see there's so much more they're capable. If we can just get over fear and and how that um, controls us and limits us, if we can get beyond that, we can really do anything from, you know, salespeople like cold calling, making a call here or having a meeting with a person that makes them want to, you know, shake in their boots to, you know, like trying out for a sport or something they're not made for it or to myself going to surf camp and playing volleyball, I, I you know, joining a random volleyball team with a lot younger people. (laughs) Those things keep me motivated to keep myself also in the student's shoes too, being a student, a lifelong student, a lifelong learner.
0: When you were talking, I was just thinking, you know, you can imagine like a 10-year-old deciding to limit themselves and say, I can't do that and you're going to challenge them. And it's just Mm -hmm. interesting that mindset must, unless there's somebody that really challenges them, then mm-hmm. it must be a mindset they keep, they grow with, that they're like. limiting everything else. Because I tell you, I mean, they have no life experience and they have no idea what they can't and cannot do, but they're majoring about limiting themselves. And often it's wow. unconscious or borrowed from their parents, you know, be careful, mm-hmm. don't do this, all of this stuff. But not dealing with it then, you can understand why in adulthood we're used to saying the same thing i couldn't do that i'm not capable oh, yeah. of that all of that yeah yeah
1: yeah, yeah. there it, it's it there's a wonderful work by joe dispenza who studied neuroscience and quantum physics and all those kinds of really detailed stuff and he said you know by the time we're 30 um between 30 and 35 we become these fully baked adults in that our thoughts, feelings, um, behaviors, actions are all kind of set then. And so we just continue living this loop of thoughts, feelings, actions, behaviors that we reinforce, that we seek out, you know, that that confirmation bias. And if you don't do something that gets you off that loop, purposely, most people continue living their lives in this loop of thoughts, feelings, actions, behaviors, and you become set like that. So, and I studied that because, while training, doing sales training for adults, getting adults to change their behavior is the hardest thing I've ever done. And I'm a parent of teenagers. You know, <laughs> So I had to study, like, how do I get these folks to change, to try, to try something, to try something different, to be open-minded about changing something that they've always been done, or they've always done in a new way, whereas they're just clamped down. I'm not going to, you know, when you walk into training, they're like, you know, yeah, I actually feed off of those people. Like I'm gonna get you. I'm gonna get you over <laughs> yeah.
0: I'm so wanting. Never... <laughs> and literally they may think it, but you can read it all over their face oh, and you and you yeah. know it's like, Well, what can you teach me, little girl? Yeah. You know, kind of thing. Like, it's exactly. like right, I'm ready yeah. for you. <laughs> I love that challenge, you know. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> So tell me about another drinking challenge of yours, the quarterly lunch, and how that kind of developed into, you know, a whole new area for you.
1: The drinking challenge. Okay. I must have put something in my survey that I don't remember. (laughs) Well, no, I'm talking about the lunch and the uh, uh, long life colleague that uh
0: developed into a business yes yes I can just I I added that myself don't worry you know I can just imagine that you probably had a drink with someone that you know you've met
1: (laughs) on a regular basis I was thinking which drinking lunch are you talking about (laughs) (laughs) well so it's so it's so divine how this kind of came about so I had met um, Ken Hummel, you know, 10 years ago, maybe a year or two after I launched my business at that time, the selling agency, and she was launching herself. And I was, you know, as you do you network and you join programs and things, and I actually became a mentor to her as she was launching her business. And I had, you know, listened to her. She was talking about, you know, graphic design and she's a great photographer. And I just, I grabbed her literally grabbed her and shook her. I said, you don't know your value. You have got to charge more. So <laughs> It's a very memorable impression she has of me. And then we just being in the same town, we met each other and, and talked off and on. And so we've just been friends for years. And so we got together over lunch last year and how are things going and where's your business moving into? We always have great conversations and we realized that we were talking about where our business was moving. Me, I was moving to training beyond just the sales team, service teams, project managers, anyone who touches your customers, because salespeople out there, have you ever sold something and everybody else, somebody else in the organization can mess it up for you. It sucks. It sucks so bad. Right. So why it's like, why would you give people a boat meaning employment and you put everyone in it and you're trying to cross this raging river and you only give the salespeople oars. You know, you give people the security of a light job, 401k benefits, but why not give them oars and then show them how to use it so you're all rowing together? So I was talking about building a selling organization. She's like, yeah. Kim said, I think that's like RevOps optimization, what we're kind of doing digitally. And so we realized we're talking about the same thing with the same outcomes, which is building strategically aligned user centric experiences. Um, PS, that stands for sauce. That's the SAW stands for now. And we we're going to do a podcast. Like, yeah, we should we should do a podcast about this. And then every time we got together to hammer out the podcast, we just kept talking about other clients and things. And then it came to where we just looked at each other and went, we need to do this. We need we need to go into business together. She's a brilliant uh, digital marketer and got some serious MarTech skills. And, and me specifically with the, the training and the um, sales op- operations, sales enablement aspect of it. Um, we decided to launch and call it sauce agency, which is putting sauce marketing and the selling agency together. And it's so funny, Janice, because I cannot tell you how many people that we've just not even really launched, but just with our own network have said, what took you guys so long? Like (laughs) I could not, we all imagined this a long time ago. You're both smart and energetic and just super go get. And so how uh, I ended up merging with another business, and we launched in January. And holy moly, we've been rolling! <laughs> wow, wow, that that is incredible. Obviously, it was meant meant
0: to be in yes. a complement yeah. of, of skills, but not only that, personality as as well. It's it, we spend so much time working. It's lovely mm-hmm. to be doing it with somebody else that inspires you and motivates yeah. you, and to have that in your camp is is. You know, incredible.
1: Yeah. Oh yeah, and and she like she's a great counter to me. We, we counter each other really well. Uh, and also, she had built a team already, uh, whereas I had I just one full time employee. She had I think four, and no, actually seven. So you know, the team and in the infrastructure she had built was something I had decided I'm like Ugh, I don't know if I want to do that. So we operate on the EOS platform, entrepreneurial operating system from Traction. Um, HubSpot partners story certified guides like it's like okay and now we're bringing all this together and making some awesome magic it's been so fun I cannot believe how much I love working till nine o'clock at night (laughs) (laughs) so tell me about your approach to RevOps
0: optimization within this organization what is the unique
1: difference that you do so if you have revenue and you have operations, everybody's already doing RevOps um, and, and sort of um, buzzwordy the, the, the view on RevOps is to align sales, marketing and services so that everyone's working towards the same goals. Most Most organizations or let me say most agencies that say we help build RevOps plans, they really focus on the technology, which is a huge part of it, right? Like you want a strategically aligned user-centric experience. You want the insights, data, and, um, you know, everything to follow your customer through their whole entire life cycle. But what we realized was missing is, you know, aligning your teams and doing it through technology is one thing. Helping them have the skills to do it with emotional intelligence and intuitively is another so that's where we're different is we it's It's the alignment through the technology, the systems that scale um, as well as the training that transforms and um you know giving everyone in the boat an oar and then teaching them how to all row together so that we can get to the other side so that's the big difference and It's funny because it's not just, you know, the sales training that we do for service partners and stuff. It goes, you can do rev ops optimization throughout your whole organization from um, the, you know, hiring process to the employee experience. And you have to address the employee experience in order to address the customer experience, right? you, You can't just hire people and then ignore them, expect them to deliver wild customer experiences. It doesn't, it doesn't work. So we realized that we had to open this up and create an entire customer experience based on an amazing employee experience. So that's that's pretty different than we're going to do rev-ups, we're going to bang this here, we're going to line this here, we're going to code this here, develop this here. Very different. It's interesting how technology
0: feels that that is the transformation as opposed to technology is just the tool. And they mm-hmm. often forget about The people are the ones that need to be transformed within that operation in order to optimise the technology. And I thought it was interesting what you said about... Having to change adult behavior and really drill down about how you can get these people to change. So it kind of, right. it's almost come full circle really, isn't it? You're really yes. focused on the people that need to be mm-hmm. transformed within this RevOps transformational process because they now have the technology in order to, to optimize it. So can mm-hmm. we then come back to the behavioral change of the adults? What did, what was the, the the thing that made the difference that allows you to transform so
1: many people. Um, it's Janice. It's something I figured out a couple years ago. I was <laughs> I'm gonna do sales training. I never imagined I'd practically have to go get a degree in psychology and <laughs> biology, anthropology and sociology, all the ologies, right? So trying to understand how do I reach people? How do I you know, you can, you can inspire people and you can help motivate them, but how do you reach them in a way that compels them to make change for themselves? So two things. So I, I, I really dove into biology, psychology, and sociology, and in the training, the first thing we do, it, it, the end result is helping us reach our buyers or helping us um, create amazing customer experiences through the buying process, etc. But the beginning of this is explaining our own human behavior. To helping adults understand that they see everything through that lens of fear and risk. Our very primitive brain is still, it's still really in control. It's still unpulling the strings. We don't even make decisions from, you know, our, our, our Homo sapien brain, we make it from our gut. So helping people understand their own behavior. So we do um, biology. Then we move to psychology, understand about cognitive load and how we're trying to get from someone's short-term memory to their long-term memory to be familiar and promote recall. And then to, you know, sociology, we talk about the social contract. And what does that mean when you're relating to people? So helping people um, understand themselves helps them, you know, pick a level to, to learn up to. So it's helping them understand themselves. And then I always think I can't expect everyone in this training session, in this organization to go from here to here, everyone comes in, maybe they come at here and they go to here. Maybe they come in at here, they go to here. So incremental growth is what we look for. And by understanding and appreciating that and, and offering something um, and allowing people to learn and grow at their own pace and improve, you really elevate the whole organization. If you're looking at incremental growth, instead of saying, well, everyone does it this way then everybody's gonna be successful because that's a lie <laughs> I love that I love how you've kind of uh, um
0: uh bridge all of the ologies which is really mm-hmm. about kind of uh, developing the people and doing it at their own pace uh as well and if you do it in the, throughout the whole organization you're lifting the whole whole organization I love uh-huh. that yeah <laughs> thank yeah. you Okay, so what's one tested strategy that you would offer listeners in order
1: to enable them to scale their sales? Mm. So this is my favorite. Um, And anyone can do this. So back in the day, I don't think they do it now, but shampoo bottles used to say for best results, lather, rinse and repeat. Mm -hmm. So. And for instance, back when I was selling print services, I, one of the clients was um, a fast food franchise. So I actually inherited this client It was a small spend, but I went in and I was like, I learned everything I could know from the HR director about they print so much paper. Can you imagine how many applications and manager guides and things that go on fast food, laminating the signs that say lettuce, tomato and ketchup, like tons of opportunities for print so i went in and we solved a particular problem which was um how to change out the labor law posters when you have franchises in eight states so we solved a problem for that so then i went and picked up the phone and i called 10 more uh franchise owners of different types of franchises and asked for the hr director and left a message that said i specifically understand the problems you have x y and z and here's how i solved can we have a conversation So I think of the first 10 I called, I got eight callbacks and then had five. So become an expert in something so specific that you can call 10 of the same types of organizations or 20 or whatever and ask for, it's not even always the the most obvious person. Like, I want to talk to the director of materials management. Nope. I want to talk to the HR manager (laughs) in that (laughs) instance. So I could tell them how we solve their problems. It was the easiest thing I've ever done. So I did that with telecoms after that. And it's just... If you're you're really great at delivering for one specific client, understand why and then drill down into it, develop the language specifically for that user, for that um, person's role, that industry, and then go make the phone calls and set up the meetings. It will lather, rinse, repeat. Best strategy I've ever done.
0: Wow. I love that. That is so, anyone can pick that up and run with it. Yeah. 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 And uh, the percentage, um, comes to
1: you. All right. Via me. (laughs) That sounds good. (laughs) I'm actually using my, you know, taking my own medicine. That's the other thing too, is a, is a trainer. I have always tested it and walked the talk. If I'm going to teach something, I'm going to do it. So I'm the chief revenue officer for sauce agency. I'm out there walking the talk right now. Um, doing, you know, putting me through my sales practices. I'm so excited. I love it. I love getting back to sales and selling.
0: Yeah. Yeah. If you're on a desert island on your own, what would be the one thing you took with you? Now, I, I know I've asked you this question, I like, I read the answer and I thought, where on earth does this woman live? But anyway, tell us.
1: Okay. My answer is I would bring a machete. Um, One, because I own one. As I told you, I got one for Mother's Day uh, a couple of years ago because I... I like to hike, and I like to camp, and they're just super handy. A machete on a desert island, you can cut down tree branches for shelter. You can cut open coconuts or whatever. You could, you know, animals for meat. like you could strike it for flint. I don't know. That's what I would bring. At self-defense, I would use it for self-defense, yeah. So I've gotten, yeah, a machete, a hatchet, and for one year, I, for uh, Mother's Day, I got bear spray. So where do you live? Well, I live in Memphis, but I go all over the world <laughs> by myself a lot of times, too. I love it. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Yeah. Well, this is a whole new um, vision
0: I have of you with your bear sprain, your machete, you know, and you're getting all of these for Mother's Day.
1: <laughs> yeah, they're and Christmas. That's what my family, uh, you know, they. I have the best husband. He's so supportive. He doesn't want to he didn't want to learn to surf or not particularly hikey. So I go do these things on my own. And it's such an amazing thing because when you're traveling by yourself or like hiking in the woods by yourself, you're not mom, you're not, um, you know, the the coach, you're not a partner or spouse. You're just you, you know, I it, you just get to back, be back to who you are. And in nature, so grounding for me. So that's, yeah, that's why I love travel, And yeah. And my husband, he's always stays home with the kids. So it works out great. <laughs> <laughs> And that, that's a, a great message
0: to, to leave this on, you know, like very much finding a space to be you again, because I think we've come full circle right up to the the, the top about jumping out of planes and, and things like that. Actually, you know, it's really grounding um, to do that. I have loved this conversation. I am moving back in. I was only joking before. I am moving. I still love you. Um, I'll take you with me on one of these adventures, Janet. You know, I I do love, I travel a lot on on my own, and I do love adventures and things. So I actually think we would be very good um, um, mates kind of camping and and walking. But uh, I think you're handling the machete, though. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) You you know what you're doing there. (laughs) Carol? Sandy, it has been such a pleasure talking to you. So much fun. Thank you so much for being a guest on Scale Your Sales Podcast.
1: Thank you, Janice. I've loved it. I, I love your podcast. I love what you, you you're you such a natural interviewer and what you, um actually, Paul, what you draw out of people is just beyond the sales lessons, you know, in in aren't we all like sales lessons or human being lessons? That's, yeah. you know, that's really the, the heart of it, right? So, yeah. Thank you. Yeah.
0: Brilliant. Take care. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for listening to this week's episode of Scale Your Sales podcast. If you like this discussion, feel free to listen to other episodes or watch the caption show on YouTube and subscribe to future episodes. I would really appreciate it if you would leave a positive review on iTunes. Thank you.